Raheem Payne, aka Dosa Cat. Welcome to Rule Not the Exception. Welcome. We're so excited to finally have you here because it's been a mission to been. try and find a date because you're so busy. I don't think we've had a guest who's been so difficult to pin down. <laughs> Shut up. I'm you. very easy to pin down. <laughs> uh, podcastly speaking. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you were very difficult to pin down. I was very difficult. I'm so sorry. But we're here now. Mm-hmm. We are here now. Mm-hmm. And we've just heard you've got, well, you've got two shows you're doing tonight. I am, yeah. So I've got a show straight after this podcast and then another one straight after that with an hour's break in between to travel. And and these are both drag shows. And they're both drag shows. Yeah, the first one is like a sit-down cabaret drag show, Um, a nonsensical, farcical, stupid nonsense thing. Um, It's a murder mystery. Um, It's called Murder in the Oriental Express. So it's set in um, like a Chinese restaurant, basically, and we're all suspects with our detective, Inspector Candy, also known as Dick, who comes in, oh, who comes and uh, <laughs> solves the mystery. No, um, I can see good. the direction this uh, conversation is going to take. Yeah. Many innuendos left, right and center. Yes, yeah, yeah, love, yeah. It, love it. Can't love wait. It. It's going to be fun. Um, and then straight after that, I'll be hosting um, a drag night with my family. Well, my second family, I should say. Um, and it's a girl group theme evening. So we all have to do what girl group numbers. Oh, as in like pop girl Yeah, like pop things. girl groups, yeah. But being one of two <laughs> people of colour, I was like, what shall I do? They all looked at me and went, mm, and I went, okay, I'll do Destiny Child and Mystique and <laughs> oh, my head, anyone that's coloured. My head went to like, <laughs> would they say to Mel B? Like do Mel? Yeah, if anyone ever told me to be scary spice, I'd actually punch their mother in the face. Yeah. But I, um, they did look at me and went, maybe you could do Pussycat Dolls. And I was like, I'm not doing J-Ho for the life of me. So don't you dare oh ever, ever God, tell me to do that number. Oh, People God. tell me to do that number all the time. It's not even a really? joke. They really do. Yeah. Really? Yeah. They always say, oh, Dosa, you should do J-Ho. It's such a fierce number. And one of my friends wanted to do it as a duet with me. And I just sort of went, no. It's, it, oh, no. It's like telling someone to do like, Monday at the budget gear, like yeah. it just doesn't make sense. Whenever that song comes on, I sit down. I don't dance out of principle because they know they're all they're all looking at you. Like, come on, turn yeah, it on. they're it's like, come on, you. then let's go. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, yeah. like my one of my best friends got married, and um, J Ho came on, and they all looked at me immediately, and I could not not dance because it was her wedding day. Um, but then I've just got this like whole horde of like English people around me, basically chanting at me like, <laughs> "This is your cheat." <laughs> It was honestly the worst. Oh. It wasn't the worst experience of my life, but it was. It's up there. I just knew what it felt to be colonized. That, yeah. <laughs> yes, I, I have but a, she is a my vision best of it Through in my head right now. Yeah, ready. but she's my best friend, so I can't really say anything against her. But yeah. It's out there now. It's, it's out, out there, there now. now. Sorry, Emma. She oh, colonized shit. You. She named her. Sorry, Emma. Emma, colonizing. Just bad. <laughs> she's just had a baby. Congratulations, Emma. Congratulations, Emma. Congratulations, Emma. Yeah. Let's talk about your film that you have coming out, which we've just seen a trailer for. Yeah. It's kind of a big deal. And you've, well, I feel like you played it down a bit. It is a huge deal. So I have a film coming out next Friday called Tara versus Bilal. I shot that, God, when did I shoot that? Last winter, I want to say, I think. Yeah. And so I'm playing Bollywood's first openly gay South Asian drag queen who has a love interest also. And it's not been made into a farce or a spectacle or it's not been it's not been turned like comedic at all. It's actually very true. And the director, Summer Iqbal, he said to me that he really, really wants to push this love story because he deems it very important. And his wife, she basically wrote the script 
and I play the character of Ritz, who's also known as Ritesh Shah. So I was Gujarati in it. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's one of you lot. Um, <laughs> but it was really awkward because I had to work with a Hindi dialect coach. And because I speak Punjabi at home. So when I was speaking Hindi, it sounded very Punjabi. And then I was like, oh, crap, this is not good. But yeah, then they were like, you sound way too Punjabi to be Gujarati. And I was like, oh, crap, okay. So I had to really, really work on that. And there were moments where they were like, just say it in English. <laughs> I was like... <laughs> Okay, I guess those classes really worked out. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so it is, it, is, it is a massive deal because it's obviously something that has never been done before. Or if it has, it's always been in like indie films, mm-hmm. you know, like there've been incredible films like L.O.E.V. And there was this one film that Dewey Javla was in, mm. which is obviously a throwback because no one even remembers who she is anymore. Come on, I remember. But I love her so much. And she was in this film, I can't remember what it was called, but she was in a film where her brother had contracted... HIV and he was in a same-sex relationship and that was you know it's all these like ones that you find in the pits of like Netflix and stuff like that that are there but they were made they was never pushed so the fact that this film has a character like mine in it and a love story like like it does for T-series and for John Abraham of all people to be like the main producer and it's his production company that's pushing it is insane so yeah it's going to be a huge deal and when this comes to cinemas and to Netflix and stuff like yeah shit's gonna hit the fan you won't be accessible anymore i'm always gonna be accessible for you two <laughs> is it so everyone it's else knows. it's a full-on bollywood film or is it yeah like, n- no it's full-on nice. it's got two songs which i'm both in so one of the songs the main song is like the party song and that's like the item number if you will and that's like my number and then the second number is like a montage because i'm also a classically um indian dancer so i've got Gatak training in me so they had me do that performance as well um, but I haven't seen how that is the trailer just shows my silhouette it's a good silhouette it's a fabulous <laughs> silhouette but I need people to understand that's also me dancing in it so I really hope that when I go and watch the film <laughs> I see my face so yeah so it's got two numbers but yeah it's, it's, it's one of your like classic love stories sort of she basically gets married and then she wakes up the next day to find all of her stuff is gone. Mm-hmm. So her husband has taken everything, the jewels, the money, the everything, and just left her. And then she basically obviously wants to save her family name and so on and so forth. She finds these letters from her grandfather and says that there's an aunt of yours in London. Go and sort that out. But she's been staying in this hotel on her own and everyone's like really concerned about her and blah, blah. It ends up being Bilal's hotel or his family's hotel. They don't know each other there and then, but he's just like, why are you crying? You know, get over yourself. He's a very, like, stoic, like, macho kind of guy. Anyway, she comes to London. She comes to this bar, and she's looking for her aunt, and she meets me. And I'm like, why are you here? You smell. Like, go away, (laughs) essentially. Great welcome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why are you here? And she's like, I'm looking for my aunt. And I'm like, oh, well, she's here. Yeah, fair. And then she doesn't understand that her aunt now runs this, like, drag bar. She finds out, we like deal her through it, I become her best friend. She finds out that Bilal also comes there a lot because his, so this is a twist, is that he, his best friend is in love with me. So that's our love story. So then I fall in love with this Gujarati doctor. This is very different from most Bollywood films. How did the film come about? How did it come to you? Did you audition? Did someone? Yeah, they originally approached me um, and I sent in an audition tape and then I didn't hear anything because of COVID. Then I got approached by the choreographer, Naz Chowdhury, who choreographed it. He approached me to be his assistant choreographer. 
And then when the producers saw a picture of me, they were like, hang on a second, you look really familiar. Do you mind reading for the part? Because they'd given it to someone in India, some guy. And they were like, can you read for the part? Just, you know, like, just can you do it for us? And I was like, yeah, sure. Had you said you'd already sent the tape in? Yeah, I was like, oh, because they obviously recognized me. And I was like, I did send a tape in. So then I did it again. And then I'd sent in two more tapes. Then the next day I had a call with the executive producer. She asked me to send in 30 seconds of me speaking in Hindi. So I had to go and call my friend, (laughs) Saloni. And I was like, you need to give me a Hindi phrase like right now. Like, how do I say it? And then said it, sent it in. She literally was outside the boardroom. I just sent her this audio note on WhatsApp. That's how professional it was. She went in, had the meeting, she came out and she was like, you got it. And that was it, which was really crazy. Have you done acting roles before on screen? Yes, kind of. Yeah, small roles and like a few little films here and there, but like nothing major. I was always in like things as like a dancer or like an extra. So this is like your this debut is like, as This a is essentially my role. debut, yeah. This is like my debut on screen and especially, and obviously in it is my, like my Bollywood debut, That's which is weird to say. It's really cool. Yeah, it's really cool. Have you met John Abraham? No, I haven't. People always ask me that, no. Okay. But uh, I get told all the time that John Sir really likes you. John (laughs) Sir thinks you're incredible talent. And I'm like, does John Sir want to tell me himself? Does John Sir, yeah, want to turn up and actually have a conversation? Um, But yeah, but but apparently John Sir is a big fan. Not that I would ever know. Did you film uh, in London or did you film? All in London, yeah. So all of my scenes were in London, which I was a bit annoyed about because I was like, I really want to get flown out and do something there, but it's fine. Um, But yeah, no, I, I did all my scenes in London. It was mainly in like, there was like a bar, I think it was like East London or like South London. And then a couple of scenes in like West. And then that was it. I was only filming for like two and a half months. Mm-hmm. I say only. It was a it's lot. A but time, yeah. It was a decent amount of time. But yeah, it was like two and a half months and then I was done. Wow. Mm-hmm. Were you able to keep up with your own shows and stuff during that time? Or did you? Yeah, I was, do- I was trying to do shows yeah. in and out. During the time, actually, my friend got crowned the winner of Drag Race UK season three. So like, I was like, oh my God. So I was like doing that, then went to the crowning, then came back, was back in filming, was doing like loads of like different things. Tried to do some performances here and there, yeah. And it was different as well because I had to shave my beard. So not being a bearded queen was very interesting. Yeah, you said you're not, you don't like it. I'm not, I'm not a massive fan of it. I started off originally without a beard because I wanted to feel the fantasy. Yeah. Um, but then I was like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I wanted to. I wanted to like turn heads, and everyone sort of go, "Wait, what's going on there?" Because I was really into that uh, in a weird way. And then not anymore. No, not anymore. I feel like that was the old me because that's the kind of that's the kind of like life that I was told to lead growing up. So like all of my, like my dating history and stuff like that, like I was always told to be the more feminine counterpart. So when I didn't have a beard and I was presenting, not presenting intentionally, but just looking a little bit more feminine, I felt like that's when I got the most attention. So then for me, I was a bit like, okay, well then this is the life I need to lead, right? So then when I first started the idea of like drag and the idea of like sort of gender bending in performance, I was like, I'm going to do it without a beard because that's when I know that I'm the most valued and the most loved in a sad way. And then I decided to perform with a beard shortly after because I was doing somebody's project and because I was representing them and they were bearded, I was like, I should keep the beard. And I think from there, I was like, this is actually more interesting to like present as this like androgynous being on stage and for the binary to be essentially like completely broken, you know, to be like really feminine presenting and feminine in my movements, but still have like this beard and this kind of like idea that, you know, Asians are like, you know, the Asian guy beard where it's like really like sharp and faded and that sort of thing. So, yeah. Turkish vibes. 
Turkish vibes. Turkish beard vibes, you know, where they... Yeah, 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 very that. Yeah. cut, cut. Mm, that was, yeah, I was trying to go for that. I did have this stage where it was, like, really, really bushy, and I really wanted, like, a thick, like, beard. But I was like, that's not going to work for me. So then I got rid of it. So you're... Drag name is Dosa Cat. It is Dosa Cat. Tell yeah. us about. How did you come out, come about finding yeah. her and? Um, I originally started just performing as Raheem because I was like, I'm the name and I'm the brand. But then I was like, no, this is gross, and I didn't really want people to know my name, like, because I was like, do- like Dosa now. I refer to her as Dosa, obviously, because she's a completely different person. But <laughs> she, um, she's just like a superlative of who I am, and because I, and because she was an extension and the superlative, she deserved her own name. Like she couldn't have just been Raheem. And I was going through a lot of names. Um, I was going to be Ariana Gandhi. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's quite good. For a while, Brilliant. yeah. I was going to be, I was going to reclaim Shilpa Poppadom. Okay. okay. But I was like, that might not go down well. Uh, I was going to be Korma Sutra mm-hmm. for a while. Mm-hmm. But then I was like, mm. then I was going to call myself Ruby Murray because that's Cockney rhyming slang for curry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then I met a white queen who was called Ruby Murray, and I was like, oops, uh, can't do that. I think the first one's the best. Ariana Gandhi is yeah, a great is name. Good. But Amazing. then I was a bit like, oh, no, you know, it's a bit... Gandhi. Yeah. yeah. So then I was like, well, what do I do? And I was rehearsing with two of my friends, um, Bolly, Illusion, and Mahatma Kandi, and we were getting ready for a show. We've got a girl group, um, five of us, called the Pussycat Dolls. Uh, let that sink in. And um, <laughs> so we had that. We've got... The, we've Wait. got a, there we go, yeah. Um, and yeah, so we've got that girl group. And while we were there, because my persona on stage is like I'm pretty much like a bad B, like I'm very much like... The way that I describe Dosa... <laughs> this is going to sound so bad. The way that I describe Dosa is is that she she doesn't give a damn, right? And when she's performing, you're in her house. And um, what she loves to do is that she loves to... like Say, for example, you're in a relationship... <laughs> She plays mistress very well and seductress and temptress very well. So what she what she does is, is that she finds the people that are in a relationship and she'll sit on someone and dance on someone whilst looking at you in your eye just to let you know that no rules, like there's nothing. Like, Basically like a cat. Like a cat, exactly. Yeah. Like you know how cats just do whatever the hell they yeah. want? She does very much the same thing. So like there have been many times. <laughs> where I've like sat on someone's husband or someone's fiance and stuff and like looked at like their partner directly in the eye and danced and just been like uh-huh, and just walk off um <laughs> so yeah but anyway so because I'm like that sort of like bad b mentality and stuff uh Doja Cat was blowing up at the yeah. time and she's somebody that who I regard as like a massive like icon and I, I feel like she's really influenced my drag and Mahatma and I were like laughing and stuff and I was like I am very like Doja Cat because you know the way she like moves on stage mm-hmm. I sort of like do the same sort of movement and I said, yeah, I'm like Doja. And then we both looked at each other and Mahatma went, like, Dosa Cat. Ha, ha, ha. And we laughed and I went, bingo. I said, that's the one. That's the name. So, yeah, that's how we got it. How long did it sort of take you to find Dosa in her full... Form. Yeah, her full form, her full being. I feel like when I first started performing sort of in the drag cabaret scene, I was like, I, I kind of was getting there. Um, it wasn't until my makeup vastly improved that I felt like Dosa had arrived because before I just felt like I was just playing in like glitter my idea of drag makeup at the time was covering half of my eyelid in glitter putting like some sort of colour and just like doing really basic contouring because I thought that I was the one but then it wasn't until like (laughs) when I started to like get it more and more involved and like do like my performances and stuff that I was like hang on a second I'm really onto something here and even if I didn't have incredible makeup skills in the beginning it was when I started to perform sort of more sensual numbers. I remember the first time I ever did Kitty Cat by Beyonce. Great song. I did that performance and I had <laughs> I had a um, 
like a sequin belt that I used as a leash. And I was like going around this bar, like like doing this, like twirling it around and whipping people and like grabbing people by their necks and like pulling them in and stuff. It was that moment that I was like, yeah, this is who I am. Like, this is who I am. Like, this is who Dosa is. And I think... So it took me about a month mm. to really like sink into the role and to like really sink into that persona and let her breathe. And then everyone was just because my career trajectory for drag just blew up. Like I came out of nowhere. So it was like a lot of fun to like see that grow. Is there any part of um, your attire, whether it's your makeup or your shoes or certain item of clothing that as soon as that's on, you're like, I'm in. I'm Dosa. I think it's either my eyelashes or my perfume. Ooh, oh, what perfume? I love perfume so much. I love perfume so much. <laughs> So um, if it's just a walkabout, I wear my Jo Malone. Uh, yes, which one? Um, the Honeysuckle okay, and okay, Savannah okay. one. Then I also have the Oud Rose one, Velvet Oud That's, Rose. I like that one a Lovely, lot. that, like one. that one. Then, but if I'm in drag at the time and I'm performing, it'll be Daisy Mark Jacobs. Mm-hmm. Or it'll be Britney Spears, True Fantasy or Midnight Fantasy. Because let me tell you something about Britney Spears, yeah. No matter how many times you wash your clothes, that shit is not coming off. It doesn't matter. And, and the thing is, I'm not one to wash clothes. If I'm like spraying my clothes with all this perfume, and this is why I love using testers, and this is why people should be sending me things, because all I do is spray myself duty-free. I'm the one that gives the people <laughs> on the flight headaches and migraines. Oh my God, Because I'm you. wearing seven different, yeah, it's me. That's I'm wearing you. seven okay. different scents. And I don't care. Yeah, I was touring a lot this this summer and every single airport I went to, I would stare at people in the face and I'd be like, yeah, I'm spraying myself. This woman said, excuse me, do you want any help? And I said, no. I said, you're wasting <laughs> your time with me. And I said, go and help someone that's going to spend money. I said, I'm here to just spray and walk away. Oh my God. Yeah. I'm literally like, don't come near me, don't spray things. Yeah, no, that's me. And I'm like, so I do all of that. So yeah, I think it really is that. I think it's the perfume because it kind of like gives me that moment of, yeah, that because that's the final thing that I put on before every time before I go out and do something. But I think those are the two things that really do define. I do love putting blush on as well. How have you How have you um, sort of developed? Because you were talking about your makeup mm. journey. How has that developed in terms of like where you were and how lot. did you sort of how did you sort of learn? And just by looking at other people, okay. and because I've been a dancer my whole life, and also I have Asian grandparents, I'm very open to critique and mm. feedback. <laughs> Um, so open to giving it to you yeah 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 and I feel like a lot of people just you don't even have to ask and they'll tell you what's wrong with you do you know what I mean so like a lot of people just sort of like looked at me and went maybe you should try this and try this and I would look at people and be like oh that looks really nice maybe I should try things like that so I always did so then when it came to doing my makeup over and over again and luckily being booked for things like residencies where you sit there in the same spot for like two weeks and you're doing it sitting next to icons and people that I admire so much that I've learned so much from really helped me change my look entirely and now I'm really pretty you're beautiful I know I really am no genuinely I am to the point where like sometimes like people like look at my face (laughs) and actually forget I've got a beard but your beard is beautiful as well no no it truly is no I'm not saying it isn't but all I'm saying is is that uh, now that I paint very I do like an exaggerated soft glam. So it's like sort of like very feminine. Like my paint is very mm. feminine anyway. And like when I, yeah, when I do that, I'm just like, wow. Like sometimes I look at myself and I go, yeah, well done. Like no one can tell me anything. It's like like I genuinely do believe that I'm like the only woman on earth. That's a great feeling. Yeah. Like I tell everyone that can my original that? drag can you name. you sell that in like a bottle of perfume? Probably. That would probably make me Have millions. you always been quite a confident person? <laughs> uh, yeah, kind of. I mean, I've always been very um, comfortable with who I was, but and I really do owe my family that. Like, they created a space for all of us siblings to be anyone who we wanted to be, and they prepared me for the hardships in life, like 
my father, I mean, my mother went against the grain immediately anyway and married an English man. So she already was the black sheep of the family. So she kind of took on that issue. And I was like, lovely. And then on top of that now, she's had, <laughs> she's had a son who's gone through, you know, psychosis and like gone through a lot of like crap with that. She's had me now who's basically, she's given birth to like a drag queen. So that's a lot of fun. She's had some others that have like gone through other things. And it's just sort of like... I was like, you can't really do much wrong, can you, Ali? I like, you've really just messed yourself up, mate. <laughs> so, um, yeah, they created like a really safe space for us. And they and my father, before I went to high school, was like, we don't care about who you are and what you do and everything, but you might have to tone things down a bit when you're in high school because it's not just you anymore, it's everyone. And when he told me that, I was like, oh, okay, cool. So, yeah, I kind of have been. I did have a lot of moments where I was a bit insecure. I mean, I... I thought that my life would be better if I did transition. I thought I would have an easier life. People would accept me more for my femininity that I hadn't suppressed or repressed by then. But now that then I started to sort of like push it all the way down. I was just like, look, just try and walk a certain way, look a certain way, talk a certain way. But you can't change who you are. Do you know what I mean? And I was always quite a well-spoken person anyway, like surrounded by people who probably weren't as well-spoken as we were. So it was a bit awkward. Did you, so you felt like you already knew who you were from the start? I always knew that I wanted what my mum had. Yeah. There was never a moment where I chose to be anything. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I always say to people as well, like my brother and I always joke about this. We always say to like people like, if someone ever says to me, when did you choose? I always ask them when they chose. Mm-hmm. Because there wasn't, I don't ever recall a moment, and unless you two do, let me know, but I don't ever recall a moment where I was, you know, fermenting in my mother's womb and being, you know, processed and whatever nonsense. And someone had handed me a clipboard and a form and yeah. I was ticking boxes about who I wanted to be when I came out. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, there was never a choice. I always kind of knew that I wanted... Like, I wanted to be my grandmother. Like, I wanted yeah. to be my mum. Like, I wanted to have that that Bollywood, like, fantasy. Like, that's why one of the first performances... <laughs> my God. <laughs> one of the first women I always, I fell in love with was um, was Madhuri Dixit. But only... What a classic. But only in... But only in... Chuli Ke Piche Kya Hai. Also a classic. That was, like, my first song. Yes, yeah, that one. It's basically a song about her breasts. Like, she oh, don't talk about I'm anything else. She basically... Her jolly is her blouse. Yeah. So she's always asking... Like, the woman is asking her, Marjorie Dixit's character, her, like, matron, her, like, carer, whatever, the other singer. She's like, what's underneath your blouse? What are you hiding underneath there? And she'll tell you everything that's underneath there. And uh, that was one of the first songs I ever performed. And then I fell in love with the courtesans as well because I was like, how are they sitting there and everyone is all over them? They don't do anything. Rekha did jack all in a lot of her dances. Madhubala, like, are you crazy? Like, uh, like everybody, like, when she did Mohe Pangadpe, yeah, from Mughliazam, yeah. she does this one section, I'll have to show you guys later, she does this one section where she lifts her veil, she looks side to side and bites her lip and walks away. She didn't even do anything. But that is the most iconic moment of the whole piece. And I remember watching that and going, I need that power. So, yeah, I always had this idea of I'm her. Like, that's who I'm going to be. And lo and behold, here I am, a modern day courtesan. So, yeah, it very is that. You mentioned that at some at one point you had thought transitioning would make it easier. Yeah. 
what do you mean by easier and where were the difficulties that sort of had you in that thought process? I think what I felt was is that my family would accept me, society would accept me for my choices in life, basically, for me falling in love with a man, for me for for, for me wanting to be in this relationship with someone, for me even thinking of being with a guy who was Asian, which is such a ridiculous concept now that I think about <laughs> because Asian men never worked out for me. But like, I thought that that, that was my answer. That was the way that everyone would be okay with who I was. If I had just transitioned and become this woman and this little girl that people kind of perceived me to be, even in like my, like I mentioned earlier, like even in like my dating life when people were telling me that I was the feminine counterpart, mm -hmm. well then surely if everyone's saying it, they can't be wrong. So then that was like the seed that was like inbuilt in me now that I was like, maybe I just need to be a woman. Like, How did you come away from that? Like, was there anything in particular that made you kind of go, actually, that's not for me? Yeah, it was just, well, it just wouldn't be me. Mm. Like, it wouldn't be Raheem, you know? The, the beauty of who I am and the reason why I'm surrounded by so many beautiful people and have the support system is because of who I am. It's because I have this blend. I was given this blessing of a blend of masculine and feminine energies. I like I know that I can like slot myself into any sort of situation. I can present one way, present another way. Like that's who I am meant to be. I'm supposed to be this like fluid energy that kind of just like you can look at me and think that I'm straight I can you know like, I can blend in very easily yeah. but then there are moments where I'm just like well no I don't actually want to blend in right now you know like and I just want to kind of do what I want to do so there were like there were like moments of that where I kind of just realized that no that wouldn't that's not who I am and I think I don't I can't really tell you of a very specific moment that I realized but speaking to like my family and stuff and kind of realizing that no this is not who I'm meant to be and learning about the struggle of the trans community and about mm. how much they go through I couldn't appropriate that narrative I could not steal that story from someone yeah. because it was not my narrative yes that's I think that's kind of when I realized really I think it takes guts to stick to your own guns on that when everyone around you is saying something else really yes I mean especially how old are you when you sort of first felt like this is who I am and well maybe not who I am it, yes but also just like okay this is maybe different. a little bit different from <laughs> yeah. what people are used to um I think I mean I knew that I was into guys from a very young age I knew that I was I guess different when it even in primary school like I knew I was different when it came to secondary school I was told I was different that's the difference who by mm. everyone else that's when people would point and say, mm. you're different. You don't sound like us or you don't talk like this or you don't walk like this and you don't act like this. Why are all of your friends girls? Why is this happening? Why is that happening? Blah, blah, blah. How did you handle it at that sort of young age? Well, I didn't really know how to handle it. I don't think anyone ever does, do no. they, until you're in it. It was difficult. It was hard. I was bullied. Nothing physical, thank God. Uh, mainly just verbal. But I'm also very smart and very intelligent and I'm very quick-witted. Mm -hmm. So then when I kind of got into my own and got into myself and grew into myself, as soon as someone would say something, I had an immediate rebuttal. And because I had that wit and I had this sort of like dark, crass, comedic side to me that was developing in at school, no one really knew how to handle it. And then they yeah. just left me alone. Yeah. I mean, I got called the cool gay for many, many years. The cool gay. Yeah. It's like you're gay, but like you're not like pushing it on us, innit? So it's like... <laughs> It's like, it's cool, isn't it? Like, you're cool. And I'm like, I don't want to push anything on you. 
I'd rather you push on me, but that's a different story. <laughs> like, don't do that. Yeah, do that. and then like, and then like Raheem, we just, we, just, we just settled this. Like you're cool, isn't it? And I'm like, yeah, 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 cool. What's your brother's name? So yeah, it kind of, it <laughs> were they the same friends that would still? Um, I I still know people like this who say oh, they'll be like, oh my god, that's so gay, man. That's so gay. Yeah, I do. But the thing is, I think that's a really funny phrase. It, okay. And I, I just think, but I think it is really funny. In the beginning, I was like, that's really stupid. But then it's really funny. <laughs> oh, that's because then so you, gay. But then you turn around and go, how do you know? How do you know it's so gay? Let's talk about that. <laughs> I've never <laughs> understood it. that. Let's because I didn't. That. You need to tell your friends. Next time someone says that, just be like, listen, Kishan, how do you <laughs> know? How do you know that that's gay? Because really even, I, even I don't know if it's yeah. gay or not. <laughs> But you should, apparently you know. So if you're well-versed in homosexual activity, I'd like to know how you know. And just turn around to him and you hold his hand the next time and you say, yeah, you say, Ankit, listen, yeah, we support you, babe. Whoever you want, listen, love is love is love. And whoever you want to be with and sleep with, that's up to you, boy. Did you, um, because I I remember similarly, like, getting a slight, I got bullied for being, or tried to, to be bullied for being a bit of a boffin mm. and I was that person that would like turn up with a briefcase just because it annoyed the shit out of people I love basically. that for you um, but yeah they would do the same thing and I would just come back well, not so witty more like rational yeah. stuff and stop being bullied was there a part of you that kind of enjoyed that one-upmanship yeah almost? oh no absolutely oh come on I thrived off it and so I would just go to the extreme to annoy them <laughs> and like I think there was a rule like you couldn't do your blazer buttons up because you were a boffin. So I was like, I'm coming in full blazer, long tie. Yeah, like that's who you were. That's yeah, that's the brand. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, there was. Yeah, yeah, there absolutely was. There were like moments where like they would be like, Oh, Raheem, and I'm like, What? What? What are we doing now? Like, what's really gonna like? Do you know what I mean? And there were like days where I was like, I don't have time for your shit. Like, if you want to say something, just say it. Just get it over and done with. Yeah, ha ha. Gay, yeah, batty, yeah, lovely, yeah, I, I take it up the arse, yeah, I wish I could, I wish I could tell people that I was sexually active, but I sit here at 30 years old and I still haven't had sex, so everybody that's out here telling me how much I'm taking it, I really wish I was, but I'm not, and I'm not even getting paid for it, so like, <laughs> that's another issue that we're gonna not talk about, but yeah, there were like moments that where like people would say stuff and I'd be like, yeah, okay, cool, I do remember though, there was a time in high school where I would tell everyone that I was bi, because I was like, oh, maybe that's like cooler. Because then I'm like still sleeping with girls. But babe, I did not want anything to do with women, like at all. I've seen so many naked women in my life and not a single tingle. Like Aww. nothing happens for me. I remember once my friend at university, we had spent the, we spent the <laughs> night together and I shared, we shared the bed and I was staying at hers. She got up in the morning and she got ready and then she put on this new lingerie set, right? And she went, Raheem, look at me. And I went, yeah. And she went, nothing, like nothing at all. Like, surely like it's something, like it does something. And I literally looked at her up and down and I tried. I did, I I tried. I looked at her and the first thing that came out of my mouth was, that's a really, really pretty colour on you. Yeah, I would have probably been like, can I borrow that one day? (laughs) I just looked at her and I went, that's a lovely cut. I said, that really cups you well, doesn't it? Was she... Was she trying to put it on you? No, she just wanted to see wanted if there was see. ever right. an inkling, you know, if there ever was a moment. Not even slight. And I was like, I'm so sorry, I just can't do it. I really can't. So yeah, there was there was there were loads of moments like that. Even at university when like someone would say something and I'd be like, Yeah, so's your dad. <laughs> or like just something stupid. That's a classic resource. Yeah, it? it is. You would never question sort of a heterosexual person. Like you would never question who they're into or whatever. No. Or like prove that you're not. Into, it's such a weird concept that you so, you sort of put in a situation where 
It's like, what do you mean you don't find me hot? Like, you sure you don't find me hot? You wouldn't, you would a bit. put a heterosexual in that position? No, you like as in like it's just a given that you would oh, I see. that you would I like see. you I as see. a heterosexual man would like and be turned on by a woman. But if someone's saying I don't get turned on by women, that you suddenly have to sort of prove it. I find it a bit mm. weird. Yeah, I do, yeah, it's a weird. It's it is, it is a weird concept. I think for guys as well. I feel like guys always think that every gay man fancies them. Yeah, yeah. I've heard, I've seen that as well. I'm not me. I'm just saying. No, I know your <laughs> I know. friends Kishan and Ankit. <laughs> yeah. My friends Kishan and Ankit. It's a, it's another phrase where it's just that classic insult of like, well, you're well gay in it, but don't try it on me. Yeah. And you're like, even if I was, I wouldn't. Just don't flat like, You're not my type. You're, you're not. I know. Don't flat yourself. This <laughs> yeah, is what I'm saying. It's like, yeah, it wouldn't. Listen, if it, if I was, <laughs> it wouldn't be you. If it, it just makes me laugh though, because it's like, but it's like baby boy, like you're going out of your way to tell me about me like so I'm on your mind I'm not thinking about you I've not thought about you until you've approached me just now so clearly I'm on your mind because you see me coming from 50 yards away and now you're processing everything and you're waiting for me to come closer so that you can say something to me that's gay (laughs) like that's gay sorry but it really is if you're looking at a man 50 yards and then he walks past you and you want to say something baby you like the man You're staring at Hope that coming. Right. You're staring at me coming down the road and you're waiting to say something to me as soon as I walk past you. My friends, oh my God. go home and journal about it. Put some Frank Ocean on and understand what your feelings are. Because I'm not the one. I'm really not the one. The other day we were standing on the corner in Soho. Yeah, that sounds a bit whorish, but we weren't. But like we were standing in Soho and these guys like walked past us, like these two like big beefy looking guys. Yeah. And they're like staring at us and we were like, mm-hmm, okay, whatever. And then... We like, and then they came back, and then they spoke to me and my friend. There were five of us. Wait, there. They, they came back. They came back, babe. They came back. They spoke to me and my friend, and they were like, "Oh, you're very cute, like you too." And I was like, "Okay." So I, was, I said, "So what's going on?" And then they were like, "What's your name?" And I said, like, "Forget about my name. You don't want to know my name." I said, "Why are you here?" I said, "What do you want?" I said, "What's going on? How much you got?" <laughs> what did they say? And all my friends were like, "Raheem," and I was like, "Now let me handle this." I said, "How much you got?" I said, "Who do you want here? Let me know." And I was like, you, you, I said, you can't handle this. You can't handle any of this. I said, go home to your wife and tell her that you'll be home late because nothing's going to happen. Like, it's just crazy. Guys are, listen, messy. You want to do a whole other podcast about how messy men are than we can. But like... What do you think their objective was in that moment? They wanted us purely. Okay. Let's, okay, let's get involved. Guys walk around Soho, yeah? These men, quote unquote, walk around Soho... And they they like a pretty boy or they like something that's a little bit unique. They'll walk around. This has happened to me a number of times. I won't even be in drag, right? Or I'll have like face on, but I travel everywhere in a tracksuit. Aside from today, because I had to make an effort because I hadn't been here for so long. But like everywhere I go, I'm always in a tracksuit. No one can ever say anything to me. So sometimes I'll be in face and then guys will like stop me. I remember this one time. This one man, I was on the phone trying to call my friend. This one man comes over to me and goes, oh, is nobody answering the phone? And I was like, no, no one's answering. He was like, oh, well, don't worry. I'll, he goes, call me, I'll answer. And oh, I was like, that is a lyric. And I was like, no, thank you so much. And then he comes over and starts rubbing my back. Oh. He goes, he goes, you look stressed. I was like. On the road? Yeah. And I looked at this man and I went, I'm not interested. I'm so sorry. And he went, no, no, no. Like, you know, let's talk. And I was like, no. I said, I'm engaged. I said, my fiance is about 30 seconds away in an Uber. I said, he's in the army. (laughs) 
And you went, oh, okay, okay. <laughs> oh, now I don't know no one anymore. I feel like you should write scripts. Yeah. Because like, if that's coming I've to had, you that quickly. Babe, there was another one, yeah, where I brought people in and I was like helping on the door at the time because I didn't have anyone. So I brought people in downstairs. They came down, he went, he looked at me and went, are there any more of you lot down there? And I went, I beg your pardon? I said, what did you say? He went, you know, like your lot, like your kinds. And I went, drag queens. And I went, yeah, there's loads of us downstairs. You should have a look. So then he goes down and he goes, cool. So I'm walking past. His wife is like getting drunk, drunk, drunk. Yeah, like wolf, like white girl wasted. So she's like shouting at like the like the shows and she's really having a great time. And she's like looking at me walking past. She's like, she's like, oh my God, you're so beautiful. You're so lovely. I went, thank you so much. And like laughing and joking, like giving her a hug and stuff. He goes, so when you on there next then when you're doing your performance? I said, actually, just now. So I go up and do my performance do my whole hair whip gyrate everything I go on and then um, <laughs> finish that now I walk away I come back and then she grabs my arm and she goes why don't you come and have a drink with us and I went no I'm okay thank you I don't drink and I don't I legit don't drink anyway but I was like we, we shouldn't really be drinking with like punters unless you're someone else so I was like no I, I said I can't I said I'm working I said but have a drink for me so I ordered them a drink and blah 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 cool they then had to leave because she got messy. Uh, but before she left, she grabbed me again last time. And she said, listen, we're leaving now. But we'd really like for you to come and like, be with us, like spend the evening with us. I said, I'm working, but that's very kind of you. She went, no, we'll make it worth your while. She looks down at her husband. No word of a lie. This man opens his jacket, takes out envelope and just opens it. You know, like a little... And all I saw were red notes. Oh my god. Yeah. And I was at my second masters at this point. So I'm looking at these red notes thinking I could do a PhD. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I could really do something here. And I was like, what do I do? What do I do? Yeah. So I'm like processing this whole thing. But I then I I couldn't. I couldn't do it. I had my Punjabi I had my you? Punjabi grandmother on my left shoulder. I had my English grandmother on my right shoulder. And all I could hear was ethics, morals and values. I was this close. So I was honestly, I was so close. And I went, I'm so sorry, but I really can't. As much as I would enjoy to, I really can't. I'm so sorry. I said, I am. In- this is my thing. I was like, I'm engaged to an <laughs> army man. Excuse. He's about to turn up. Who is this army man? I don't know, but really weirdly recently, I did actually meet someone in the army. Oh, did you? Yeah. How did it go? It went really well. Clearly, because we're together now, aren't we? We're not, but anyway. We'll leave, you- we'll leave that there. Oh. I <laughs> am curious about the sort of South Asian Mm. drag yeah. scene yeah in terms of <laughs> how big that is how small that is how in london you mean in london just in let's, the UK. let's go with london okay me. but then if you have a bit more info just on a uk basis great let's we yeah. can delve into that as well in terms of like how prevalent it is is it a growing area or is it something like how long have you sort of do, do you i don't know what i'm asking like do you feel like you're just in the drag scene or do you feel like you're in a specific area of the drag scene? No, I think I'm just in the drag scene. Okay. I don't I don't consider myself well, I, I definitely am a queen of colour, obviously, and there are queens of colour within the scene. There aren't very many of us that are good, but the ones that are, there we are far and few in between. I feel like I'm just in the drag scene. I feel like I'm I am London drag. Like I feel like I epitomize what London drag is and can be and will be for future reference. And I feel like in terms of the South Asian drag scene, there isn't one. I don't think. I'm part of a collective called The Bitten Peach, and we're a pan-Asian queer collective. So we come from all different aspects of Asia. For those of us that are in it that are South Asian, I mean, we all have very different qualities. Um, and we all perform in very different areas. So 
I think it also depends on your aesthetic as a performer, where you perform in drag. For me and for Dosa, she is, she's like very central London Soho drag. Mm. Mm -hmm. And that's just who she is. Like she is a bougie girl. She doesn't really get booked anywhere else, <laughs> which is a bit crappy, but... You're like, I'm not going up north. Yeah. Well, no, I have. Like I've, I love to perform in Manchester. One of my favourite gigs I ever did was in Glasgow. Yeah. I love Scotland. I think okay. they're a fierce crowd. In a good way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that they're an incredible crowd. When I did like a little mini tour, um, I toured for a week and I went every like sort of like to major cities all around the UK. I went to like Cardiff and things like that. And I had a great time. But the thing is like they don't have they don't have queens of colour. Or if mm. they do Oh, this is gonna sound so nasty, isn't it? Well, you started it now. You they're just not very good. Okay. Why do you think they're not very good? Because they don't know their branding. Mm -hmm. Let me tell... Okay, that's... A, yeah, okay, you've put me on the right path. Because otherwise I would have been nasty. A lot of these girls, and I'm talking about South Asian girls in particular, just go down the South Asian route. Mm -hmm. Just because you are South Asian does not mean that you have to perform every single Bollywood track mm. under the sun. Being a South Asian queen means that you take your heritage and the heritage that you're in and maybe the surrounding area and apply it to something that people know. One of my most iconic numbers and the number that everybody knows me for is a, a piece called, it's called, it, the song's called Runnin'. It's by um, Naughty Boy, Ara Benjamin and Beyonce. It's that song. And I perform it as a classical Indian dance piece. I don't lip sync it at all. I just do like a classical Indian dance piece to it. That was me thinking, I come from a mixed heritage background. I grew up in the UK. I do have very strong South Asian roots. So what I've done is that I've combined the two and now I've also given it to you in a context that you're going to understand. Because performing that in Soho, in, in, one, in one of like the whitest areas of London, especially with the scene that's there, I'm going to make you watch this and I'm going to make you learn something and listen because you're going to understand what's going on. It's not about me not doing an Indian number because I can. But like why you don't necessarily, in my head, I don't feel like you necessarily need to. You can, but you don't need to all the time. And I feel like a lot of the South Asian queens box themselves into that. We're going to do this and we're going to push this agenda and we're going to do this, this and that, which is great. But that also doesn't evolve your drag. Do you think in a way it's in order to try and stand out, it's kind of pulling them back a bit more? I think it is because like, I, I, yeah, I genuinely do think it is because you're not... You're showing that you can do that, but okay, but what else can you do, babe? Because if you're only going to be doing those sort of numbers, you're not going to be getting anywhere. Mm -hmm. And that's just the T. Like, I know that I can do any... I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm aware that Dosa can do, like, a lot of styles of numbers, but I know who she really is, right? So, like, I know that I have got, like, an Indian street mix that I do, which is, like, purely Indian music, but it's mixed in with English and, like, reggae and, like, that sort of vibe. I know that I can do those numbers in specific areas where it's going to go down really well. But then I also know that one of my main medleys has, like, a whole... Um, Dubla section in it where they said they speak they just speak in balls they do Carnatic vocal but I treat it as like an argument between two people so what I've done is is that I've got an argument between two housewives of Atlanta and I've mixed it in with this Dubla vocal so it actually sounds like a Jugglebundi so I've thought about that and thought it sounds like a call and response this is funny this is what this should show do you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. So you can still take your heritage and put it into different contexts but a lot of these girls are just doing this one thing and performing Oh, off. Then they start doing classical Indian dance. 
oh, and they can't. They've got not a single bout of training. Just because you've watched a couple of YouTube clips of Dipika doing flipping Vajramastani or bloody this one doing whatever nonsense like Madhu Diksha doing her everything and Devdas. Also, stop choosing Devdas. It's done and dusted. <laughs> then someone else does a number and she was wearing gungaroos, so that the anklets and the bells mm-hmm. with a pair of platform heels. Mm-hmm. It's like, and it just shows you that you're an imbecile. I'm so sorry about it, but it does because... You're trying to push this culture and try and push this heritage. Babe, you don't even know it. So if now someone like me or someone with a trained eye comes and watches you, they're immediately going to go, you've just completely disregarded all of our training because you've just done the one, one of the most fundamentally disrespectful things. And you don't even know that. So that's why I, that's why I don't consider myself a part of that genre or a part of that branch of drag i just say to people that i do drag i'm very much london drag but i'm drag that's universal i'm drag that's worldwide because i know that i can appeal to a number of different people in different ways does it make you sad or like what feelings do you have around the fact that south asians that are trying to do drag are kind of doing it kind of badly yeah it makes it gets me annoyed Because the thing is, I really want to be championing people. Mm. Like, there are some incredible performers that I know that are South Asian queens that do really well and are doing well for themselves. But then there are just certain individuals that because they're doing, like, sort of more Bollywoody stuff or, like, sort of are doing this classical stuff. Well, I say doing. They're not really doing it. They're, like, imitating it. But, like, what they're doing, because they're somewhat different in the scene, people think that that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Right. So then when I go up now and do a classical Indian dance piece, say on the same lineup as somebody else, like another Asian queen that's doing a classical Indian dance piece, there is a stark difference between what we're both doing. Because you're fully trained. Because in, I'm trained. Yeah. In Kathak. And yeah. And like, whereas you see someone else doing it and you're like, oh, like, I'm not trying to say that I'm the best Kathak dancer out there. I'm really not. By far, I'm not. But I know that I've got a good strong foundation and I've built on that foundation for many years and I know what I'm talking about and I know how my body moves and I know how to sell something. Some of these girls don't know what they're doing. So the fact that they're trying to push this agenda when they don't actually know what the agenda is because maybe you haven't read the minutes, then it doesn't make no sense. Do you know what I mean? So what they're doing is giving a false narrative to people and then when we're... and then. And then we're not getting all the ones that are trained are not getting booked for things because they're getting booked because they've seen them do that. And they're probably cheaper at what they do. And also because they're more affordable. Whereas if somebody asked me to do a Gothic piece, like you're going to get charged for it because mm-hmm. it's a niche. It's yeah, an art exactly. form. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. But it sounds like you don't have much patience for that kind of mindset I don't. anyway. I don't. My face says everything before yeah. I do. Which is really bad. I mean, I don't think like it's bad. I sit. Well, no, neither do I. I think it's quite entertaining. But like, I've been told by many, many people that they know how good or bad a performance is by looking at my face. I feel like you'd be a great judge on one of those shows where people. What's it called? When people come and dance and then you get. So you off think you can dance and stuff? One. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've done stuff. like a lot of like competitions and stuff, and I'll sit there. Oh no, there was this one time. <laughs> I did this competition. Story time. Story time. I did this competition. I didn't do it. I was judging, and. Um, She went on. <laughs> we were all given clipboards because we had to make notes. And she went on. And this and they were all like baby queens, right? So they're like, this is like their first time in drag or whatever, like first few times performing. But this girl, and this was like four or five weeks into the competition now. So you kind of have this idea of like who you are. Like, you know kind of what you're doing and you kind of vibe. She did this performance and I hid behind my clipboard this whole time. 
and I didn't know what to say. And then, then the microphone comes and the host comes and goes, right, so what do you think? Da, 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 and she'll like name a queen. And I looked at her and I went, like that. I, just, I shook my head. I was like, don't ask me, don't ask me. She went, Dosa, what would you like to say? And I kid you not, I was silent. Like it was so awkward. And I sat there in silence. And all I said was, I went, uh, mm, yeah, mm. I, um, I, uh, and I looked over at my friend and she's dying. The host is dying. I was like, you lot have really put me in this. And I just went, I, uh, your, sh- your shoes are nice. Ooh. And then everyone went, oh no. And I went, I said, I have to be honest. I can't, I don't, I can't say any, I can't. And I just gave the microphone to someone else. Oh no. Well, at least everyone they knows you'll always the, be honest. They but God, the she was bad. She would have got the message. She definitely did get the message, yeah. Oh. Poor girl. I'm sad. Sad. And here she is. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're coming up to the end of our hour, which is annoying because I've got loads of other questions I could have asked. It's because I um, talk too much. I'm sorry. No, it's, no, really, it's really nice. <laughs> and it's, it's really nice to sort of be able to ask questions, uh, you know, about yeah. an, uh, an area of the community that we don't know much about mm-hmm. and be able to share that. Um, so I hope it's not the last time that we have you. No, it's not the last <laughs> time. It's definitely not. This is part one. Part Great. One. Yeah, um, this is part I'm one. I'm really excited about seeing the movie. I'm gutted. I can't believe I haven't heard about it because it sounds, like I said, like quite a big deal. Um, we have one final question that we asked everyone um, and it is this. When you are doing your work, is it, what's the best part? Is it getting the gig, doing the gig, the process of sort of rehearsing or choreographing mm. or, you know, the stuff that you do, or is it actually performing and being on stage? I think it's I think it's on being on stage for me. But the thing is, for me, when I'm on stage, I don't know I'm on stage. So I have a completely out-of-body experience. Like, I don't ever... When, as soon as I finish, I have no idea what I've just done. Really? So it's yeah. not like you are out-of-body but watching yourself? No. You're just out-of-body? You're of just body. present. Yeah. I'm just present in the space. But my body's like taken over. So you don't know what you... Sometimes I don't even know what I'm doing. You watch it back. Do you sometimes watch it back and you're like, oh, And I go, when did I do that? Yeah, absent all the time. That sounds really entertaining. Yeah, for me, I think it's about being on stage and like like having those moments where I don't break eye contact with people or I like immediately go over to someone. And when I do just like a few moves here and there and the crowd go crazy, like it really gets me going. Mm -hmm. And it's that adrenaline rush, I think of just about to like go on stage like I and I think that that kind of comes from not only like performing like my whole life and stuff like that but also having having like those three to five minutes or seven minutes or however long we're doing of nothing but pure admiration for the show Mm. because it doesn't matter who I am what I've done where I was before you know, like and like when I've performed at weddings and stuff and people might look at me and go, oh, well, he's this and he's that. Rah, rah. As soon as I do a dance piece at a wedding, no one ever says anything to me because for those three to five minutes, there's no judgment. There's only my talent on stage. And I think that's the most important thing that I get from it is that like maybe that's why I think of it as an out of body experience, because when I'm on stage, no one knows who I am apart from a dancer for that few moments. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So even when Dose is on stage, no one knows who I am. They just know Dosa to be in that space. And people come back to a show, they go, oh my God, yeah, Dosa does this number or blah, blah, blah. So like, 
it's I think that's what it is for me performing on stage and sort of like not having any idea of what's going on until someone tells me that I did something. I really love how every time someone answers that question, it's always so different, even mm. if the answer's the same. But that was really beautifully put. Thank, thank you. you. Yeah, it's just Raheem, Dosa Gats, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Guys, thanks for having we'll, me. Uh, we'll, yeah. we'll definitely have to do it again.